Good morning. Welcome to all who are worshiping with us here at Trinity United Church Summerside. We welcome Tom Loney and Jim Dixon and thank them for their musical leadership in our service today. And I really urge you to stay for the postlude. We hear that Tom has a lovely piece to play. As well, we welcome and thank Catherine Dixon for sharing in the service today. To learn more about the life and work at Trinity United Church Summerside, a copy of the bulletin can be found on Trinity's website, trinitysummerside.ca. I'm now going to call uh, Carolyn McKillop for a word on our chairperson, as chairperson of ministry and personnel. Good morning. On April the 12th, Wendy Murray presented the Ministry and Personnel team with her intention to resign. Her last day in the office at Trinity will be Friday, May the 5th. Our team has been working diligently to plan our next steps, and Nancy Small has agreed to step in on an interim basis to ensure essential church business can continue. Nancy will begin shadowing with Wendy this coming week. We wish Wendy the best in her future endeavors no doubt there will be office procedure and power church questions over the next weeks, and she has graciously offered her help during this transitioning period. Please watch for the advertising online and in the bulletin in the coming days. Thank you. We acknowledge that the land upon which we gather is unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Epiquit, Prince Edward Island, is covered by the historic treaties of peace and friendship. We pay our respects to the indigenous Mi'kmaq people who have occupied this island for over 12,000 years, past, present, and future. Thank you, Nancy, welcome. I'm the Reverend Rachel Campbell. I'm the minister here at Trinity United Church in Summerside. And today, as Nancy said, we have some special guests with us. We're looking forward to the music presentation. We also have an original piece of music from Catherine and Jim. And I have some exciting news on Catherine. So a little while ago, you found out that she did really well with her ordination interview, and she was approved for ordination with the United Church of Canada. I have more news. Also, this fall will be when she'll be ordained. Now, we don't have a date yet. We don't have a time. We don't even have a location yet, but it's going to happen. And it's going to happen sometime this fall, and I promise to keep you posted. But I think we should give her a round of applause for all her hard work. And we welcome her here today. Once a year, twice a year, you come to your, back to your home church because this is where, you're the sponsoring congregation, this is where Catherine received her call her call to ministry. This is an important thing. And also, you'll see pictures of people just outside the office who received that call here within this, the walls of the sanctuary, within this congregation. And for that, we rejoice and we celebrate. Talking about celebrations, I also, it's so wonderful to see things reopening a little bit more normal and a little bit able to kind of come together. Uh, I was so uh, happy when the doors opened and to see Barb, who is the rec director at Park Hill, bring some of our congregants and folks from Park Hill today to service. So not just online, which they tell me I'm a TV star over there, but in person in the congregation. So let's give them a round of applause. And I like that they're sitting in Elaine's row. That, that's really great. I love that they're sitting in Elaine's row here today. Also, we have some birthday celebrations, and just to let you know that today, uh, Bernadette is seven. She's part of our junior church, so we wish her a happy birthday. Uh, and then next Saturday, Jean MacArthur, her birthday on the 29th. And yesterday, I made it a point not to call this gentleman because I really, I really wanted to make it a big deal today. Reverend Hamilton, please stand up. Happy Through 
our struggles, through our times and journeying with someone, through all the different chapters of our life, we do so knowing that we are present to one another. And as things change, we transform and we change. But we never forget the time we spent and the gifts given to us. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Today, we light the Christ candle as a sign and a symbol of Christ's presence with us, a reminder that that light shines within us, and we're asked, we're, we're proclaimed, we are commissioned to take that light out into the world in our thoughts and in our deeds. Let us join our voices together in Voices United 288, Great is Thy Faithfulness. to worship that's printed in the bulletin and on screens. What shall I return to the Lord for all his banting to me? We come to pay our vows in this time of worship as the people of God. We come in hope, peace, love, and joy. Amen. And we'll continue singing together 289, It Only Takes a Spark.
please be seated. And let us join our voices together in the gathering prayer. Lord, I am your servant. You have loathed my bounds. I will offer to you my thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. puzzle person because I visit some of you folks and some of you folks are really into puzzles raise your hand puzzles love puzzles all right raise your hand if it's the last thing in the world you want to do is puzzles <laughs> I get you people I get you people I, I am amazed by puzzle people I really am I'm really amazed by you I don't get it I don't get it so today, as we're walking down the road to Emmaus, there is a puzzle that needs to be put together. So Catherine, I'm putting you to work. Who has puzzle pieces number one? Number one, oh, Reverend Hamilton. You gotta go find those pieces. So Catherine's job, she does not know what this puzzle is. She's gotta put it together, not seeing the picture on the box. Not seeing the picture on the box. She's gotta put it together. So very similar to this walk in Emmaus, these gentlemen, we're trying to put the puzzle pieces together. So you got two pieces. Okay, open them up. Can you put the puzzle piece? To, can you put the puzzle together yet? If you open those two pieces, don't think so. Okay. All right. So number two. Number two. Oh, oh, up here, choir person. Look at that. Nancy's got it. All right. I'm gonna get my steps in today. You are. You are. That's right. It's exactly. Thank you. We're probably going to be copyrighted for that one. <laughs> and you got two more. Can you put the puzzles together? You got four pieces now. That's out of twelve, I guess. So you, not yet. Okay, three. Who has three? Oh, Barb's got three. <laughs> All right. Now, Catherine, if you open those up, you now have how many pieces? I now have six pieces. Can you put it together yet? You still need more details, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. More details. Just like the gentleman, yeah. they need more details too. Number four. <laughs> number four. Oh, way back on Esther. She's got number four. All right. And then that will give us eight pieces, if I'm correcting. That'll be eight pieces. Thank you. So what number? That's number four. That's number now, four. Now, Catherine, can you oh. start putting the puzzle together by now a little bit? I'm going to try. You're going to try. Those gentlemen were trying hard that day, too, on that road on May. I was trying to figure all this out. All right. Let's see. Let's give her a little bit of time. Ooh. No. Maybe. No. And you can lay it back here, too, too, because it makes it a little bit easier if you do this. Yeah. No? No, I, okay. I'm thinking not. Number five. Number five. Oh, way at the back. Okay. Way at the back. I'm coming, Brenda. <laughs> 
We might have to get those puzzle people out here to help her. Those people who are puzzle people. There we go. Number All five. Right. Now that's how many pieces, everybody? Ten. Look, we got people who can count here. That's awesome. We got ten pieces. Okay, well this is kind of looking promising. A little more promising. Well, we'll give you a little bit of time. All right. Because the gentlemen, as they walked down that road, they were having a conversation not only with themselves, but with this man that seemed to not know the full story, but he was testing them to find out how much of the puzzle was coming together for them. What were they doing? How were they paying attention? What pieces were coming together? Oh, she's doing pretty good here. Are you at least starting to see the picture, Catherine? I am. I'm okay. starting to see it. It's starting to come together. The more we talk, the more we try, the more you try puzzle pieces, it starts to come together. You start to put it, oh, I don't know, maybe you're going to need number six. Who has, no oh, oh, easy. Thank you for sitting in the front. Yeah. <laughs> So now Catherine has all 12 pieces. She has all the information, but what does she have to do? She has to assemble it or put it together, right. So Catherine, you have all the pieces. And is it starting to come even clearer it now? It is starting to come but a little clearer. But we still struggle though, don't we? As we put the, even though we know the full story, we still struggle with it, don't we? Trial and error, Trial right? and error. Trial Very good. and error. All right. Oh. 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 I'm glad I'm not being timed. You're not being. And what? What have you found? What is it all? It's a sloth. A sloth. Because sometimes it takes us longer to get there, but we do <laughs> get there, right? All glorious gods. Amen. So the gentlemen that day, in their Spark Bible reading today, were walking on this road to Emmaus. They were putting a puzzle together, just like Catherine did for us today. All the pieces, though, little bits of information at a time. The road to Emmaus. Three days after Jesus died, Cleopas and his friend were slowly walking down to the road to Emmaus. They were walking slowly because they felt very sad. Why did Jesus have to die? They wondered. After a while, a stranger began to walk along with them. The stranger was really Jesus. But Cleopas and his friends, they didn't know it. What are you talking about? The stranger asked. The men looked at each other. Are you the only person in town who doesn't know what just happened? They asked. They told the stranger what had happened to Jesus. Jesus was a great teacher, Cleopas said. We hoped he was the one God promised would save the world, but instead he died on a cross. We took Jesus' body down and put it in a tomb. This morning our friends went to the tomb, but Jesus' body was gone. They said there was an angel there instead. The angel told Jesus, told his friends, Jesus is alive. But, <laughs> stop being silly, the stranger said. How many times do you need to hear this? It was God's plan for Jesus to die and become alive again to save the world. By now, they were almost to Emmaus. Cleopas invited the stranger to stay for dinner. During dinner, the stranger picked up a loaf of bread, broke it, blessed it, and gave each person a piece. All of a sudden, Cleopas and his friends recognized the stranger. It was Jesus, but... Then Jesus disappeared. Cleopas and his friends jumped up, ran from the room, and went to tell the rest of Jesus' disciples that Jesus really was alive. God kept another promise. Our children's hymn is in more voices, also on the screen, number 48, I Can Feel You Near Me.
Our scripture reading comes from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. If you invoke as father the one who judges impartially according to each person's work, live in fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile conduct inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him to glory, so that your trust and hope are in God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual affection, Love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to our God. uh, Let us sing our thanksgiving for God's love. The next uh, song is from More Voices 196, We Will Take What You Offer. do this, can do this, another sermon, another sermon this week, I gotta write it, let's see, best way to start, get the commentaries out, let's see what's going on here, I have, oh, can't go wrong with gospel perils, I need that, need that, oh, I need to learn more about, yes, Luke, there we go, Luke's gospel, and, oh, this is great, how to preach, Gook. Oh, how to preach, Luke. Okay, that's great. And what else do I have in here? Oh, William Barclay. Again, another good commentary writer. Okay, let's see, get my special pencil out. There we go. Hmm, today, let me prepare. Would you pray with me? (laughs) May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay. All right, Rachel, time to write another sermon. Let me see. Where Where is this Emmaus place? And what... What makes this place so special? Uh, let me check here. You know, the walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus is about seven miles. So the average person could walk it in about three hours or so. Today, through the book of Luke, we're going to be focusing on one particular walk that happened, oh, 2,000 plus years ago, when two of Jesus' disciples, John and Cleopas, who had just witnessed days before the death of Jesus, how Jesus and all the hopes and dreams that Jesus had nurtured in them died on a cross and were sealed in a tomb, lifeless. 
such a confusing time, such a sad time. A mix of emotions in this text in Luke today. Can you imagine what it would have been like, just even for Mary, let's think back to Easter, that first morning, what it would have been like to bring that news of the resurrection to her friends? How would the followers of Jesus respond to that news? You know, just before John and Cleopas went on their walk, just before that, three days after Jesus' death and resurrection, Mary goes to the tomb. And when she gets there, Jesus' body is, isn't there. It's gone. It's missing. And she has this encounter with an with an angel, and she rushes back to the community of disciples and followers, and she says to them, did you hear? Did you hear? And she tells them what happened, how the angels proclaimed that Jesus had risen. He was alive. Now Peter and John, they hear this, and they rush to the tomb, and they get there. And when they come back, all that they can report is that the body was indeed missing. Now, John and Cleopas, they thought, hmm, perhaps Mary's grief is playing tricks on her. And they felt for her, because they were carrying their own grief deep in their belly, that, that pain that comes with loss. When we the way things were is taken from us. Huh. Grief playing tricks. Playing tricks on them, playing tricks on us today. There would have been such hope in the resurrection message. But there would also be great questioning. I guess this could even be true today. We even question today. We too find ourselves, we're restless. We're restless in this good news message. Even, we even struggle with this good news message. So feeling restless with grief, John and Cleopas head out on the road to Emmaus to join up with other friends and followers who had gone on before them. And we can imagine, can't we, their conversation, how it would be heavy with the layers of their grief. Fear, regret, denial, anger. Why did we have to go to Jerusalem anyway? Hadn't Jesus hinted that there was danger there? And why didn't he tell us what Judas was up to? My God, is this, was it all a lie? Did we give up everything for a lie? What are we supposed to do now? What are we supposed to do? I can only imagine what it must have been for those early disciples, what it might have been like for them. Here I am, I'm trying to put a sermon together, a sermon message, but I have all the commentaries. I have them sharing the message in different ways. I have the text from the Holy Bible itself, the Gospel of Luke, and yet here I am, I'm struggling with this message today. So much had gone wrong. Could we blame them if they were wondering how could God possibly be found in all this chaos, in all this brokenness? Have there not been times when we've been confronted with chaos and brokenness and we've wondered the same? Why? Why? They journey. Their shoulders are slumped. Their steps heavy. The weight of what they went through just seems to be there, an uncertain future ahead of them. Their future uncertain is long because their disciple, their leader, as followers of Jesus, they were now being targeted. Their leader was crucified. And their future uncertain. In that, without Jesus' leader list, okay, 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 can't get distracted, I gotta get back to the story. John and Cleopas, along with the other disciples, are caught in an in-between time, in between what once was and a present where the only thing 
that seemed certain was uncertainty. Their Messiah, the promised one, was no longer with them. They were alone. However, at this point in time, their journey is interrupted. A fellow traveler behind them, overhearing what they were talking about, interrupted them, saying, what is it that you're talking about? And John and Cleopas are shocked. And they said, did you hear? Didn't you hear? And they recount for the stranger everything that led up to Jesus' death. How Mary had gone to the tomb and found that Jesus' body was missing. How she had an encounter with an angel that told her that Jesus lives. And yet, how when the men went, all they found was an empty tomb. So... A definite uncertain future, even a definite uncertain sound. And need to be recharged. And need to be recharged. <laughs> Resurrected. <laughs> How the, had they not heard about the prophets and what the prophets foretold that the Messiah would have to undergo suffering? So instead of this lessening their faith, he tells them it should increase their faith. Their faith in the resurrection of God. And you know, while this stranger spoke, both John and Cleopas could hear, could, as they heard his words, could feel in their hearts like a burning sensation deep within. So much to take in. And now this fellow traveler really he pushes at the men. He questions them. He questions even what they have heard or seen. But it's all to increase their faith. You know, as they arrive in Emmaus, it's, it's evening. It's getting dark. And so um, John and Cleopas, I'm scared to touch myself. <laughs> John and Cleopas, they invite the stranger to spend the night with them and to share a meal with them. And as they gather around the table, the stranger picks up the loaf of bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and he shares it with all gathered. And Luke tells us that it's at this point in the sharing of God's gifts that their eyes are opened and they see they're not alone. God has remained with them. Okay, now this takes us back. It takes us back to the women who first shared the Easter message. And doing as they were told. Exactly. <laughs> and just like the women who rushed in from the tomb, they rush back to Jerusalem. They rush back, they find the other disciples and followers, and they share with them the good news, their encounter with Jesus. May we all 
disciples of all time be enlivened by their example of sharing within the community our encounters and experiences with Christ. All glory is our God's. You know, like the followers, we hear this message, our faith today. I need to write this down. Yes, the story of then, but also the story of today. Yes, how, how Jesus lives. How at a time and a place in our lives and in their lives that we may feel lost and uncertain, but how Jesus remained faithful, a faithful companion on the journey. How in hearing the scriptures, they felt his presence burning in their hearts. Oh, this is good. How they, how they witnessed Jesus and they, Jesus revealed in breaking open, in breaking open the gifts of God for the people of God, for the whole community and how they discovered that all the hopes and the dreams that they saw die placed in the tombs, but with Jesus was resurrection, resurrected on Easter Sunday. Like Jesus, they too were resurrected. They too were set free from the tomb and were burning in their hearts. Ha, this sermon is writing itself. Thanks be to God. Are you not finished to that yet? <laughs> Always a critic. <laughs> Let us join our voices again in more Voices 196. just come through Earth Week, a time devoted to reminding ourselves of the fragility of our planet and our responsibility. Did you notice a difference in your life this week? Did you make a difference in your life this week? The Association of Economic and Social Development of Santa Marta, which is called ADES, is a mission and service partner and is located in an area of Central America that is very vulnerable to climate change. This hot, dry region regularly experiences drought. Mining projects that also affect the environment and the people in the region led ADES and other community organizations to act recently to protect the community's right to a healthy environment. An example of how ADES is responding is a three-year agricultural project co-funded by the Manitoba Council for International Cooperation, the Mission and Service Fund of the United Church of Canada, and the, Mission and the United Church of Canada Foundation. ADES is working closely with the community of Santa Marta to grow food in this rural region of El Salvador promoting sustainable agriculture and protects biodiversity, maintains the integrity of the land, and upholds their rural culture. The center of the project is the Dora Alessia Sorto School Farm, where rural families, mainly families led by women, by the way, learn about agroecology. The school provides training, technical expertise, and quality seeds and tools. It focuses on preserving the surrounding environment and upholding gender and human rights as part of its approach to their food security. Agroecology benefits the land and water because it promotes recycling nutrients back into the soil. It also reduces production costs 
lessening the financial burden on the rural farmers. Yes, today marks the end of Earth Week, but perhaps hopefully the beginning of Earth Year. To put what we have learned into practice, imagine an Earth Week designed to simply remind us to enjoy our healthy planet, a week no longer needed to remind us how our overuse and our sense of entitlement have contributed to its fragility. Your gifts to mission and service help to support projects such as AD's Agricultural Project. It's a start. Thank you for your generosity. There are so many ways for us to be mindful, mindful of what's happening around us, to our neighbors, to those in this country, around this world. And Sharon each week offers us a glimpse, just a glimpse of all those different ways in which through mission and service, through being advocates within our own communities, how we can respond to one another. You do that by coming here to worship online, in person. The other day I was uh, doing home visits and they said, we're pretty sure, Reverend Rachel, other than you standing out in the step with a megaphone, there's probably not one other way we can get our message across here at Trinity. That is a blessing, a blessing that takes more than one person. It takes a community. It takes a faith community to offer that. And so today we bless that faith community. We bless you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we bring our gifts, bless them and us. We pray that the gifts received here today aid in the betterment of this world, that love is revealed, nourishment offered, and healing initiated. Amen. So in honor of uh, Earth Day, in honor of God's beautiful gift of this world, we would like to offer a, a, piece, of, a piece of music. shining while the spring rains fall a rainbow smiling above us all the birds are singing the rivers run wild they all rejoice they praise your name they're singing oh my lord with mighty love you carved your heavens in the skies above they sing oh my lord with your mighty hand you carved a home place in this red clay land The grass is green and the dandelions sway. The wind she's blowing up Northumberland straight. She carries the song of peepers in the pond. They all rejoice. They're praising your name. They sing, oh my Lord. With mighty love, you carved your heavens in the skies above. They sing, oh my Lord, with your mighty hand, you carved a home place 
in this red clay land Amid this beauty of voices rise Calling all hearts to set aside Time to join in creation's choir And rejoice And praise God's name And sing, oh my Lord with mighty love You carved your heavens In the skies above And sing, oh my Lord With your mighty hands You carved a home place In this red clay land you carved a home place in this red clay land. Let us pray for the whole people of God and for God's world. Holy One, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, as your gathered assembly, we come before you now in prayer, giving thanks for your steadfast love and faithfulness. We are thankful for the privilege to gather and worship you together, and in united voice, heart and spirit, we lift up our voices to you, for we know you are the God who cares, who remains, and who listens. O Holy One, you fill our hearts, and we proclaim. Creator God, we lift our voices up in gratitude for your blessing of this season of spring and all its reminders of your resurrecting way and truth. We give thanks, the thawing of the Northumberland Strait, the ever-changing sky above us, the return of the bird song, the greening renewal of the trees and the brave crocuses that trust in your faithfulness so much that they are the first to rise above the snow and ice. Oh, Holy One, you fill our hearts and we proclaim Redeemer God, the resurrection and the life, we lift our voices up to you, our true source of renewed hope for your world, your people, and for all that you have created. Help us to be good caretaking stewards of your creation so that all life might thrive as you intended. May we embody the faithful, brave, and attentive care you exemplified in your life and death while here on earth. O Holy One, you fill our hearts and we proclaim. We Sustainer God, advocate and guide, we lift our voices up to you asking for your intercession in all the hurting places in the world, in places afflicted with war, disaster, drought, poverty and hunger, and oppression through colonialism, racism and sexism. We pray that like the loaf you broke open at the table, opening the eyes of your disciples, that you will break open opportunities that will open our eyes that we might participate with you in bringing an end to injustice and thereby furthering your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. 
Oh, Holy One, you fill our hearts and we proclaim. Holy One, comforter of the people, we lift our voices up to you and ask that you will surround with your peace all those among us who are grieving, suffering, and struggling. We pray that they will be reminded that they are not alone, that you remain with them in life's journey. We pray that you will tenderly gather them along with all the people situations and concerns we carry in our hearts today. O oh, Holy One, you who journey with us with a steadfast and faithful love, you fill our hearts and we proclaim, we love the Lord. He has heard our voices and inclined his ear to us. We will call on him as long as we live. Amen. So let us raise our voices in praise of our resurrected and resurrecting God. It's number 185 in more voices. You tell me that the Lord is risen. Today, I hope you had just as much fun as I had in this service. There's a lot going on. I want to thank Tom for being here, replacing our Louise. Wonderful. So thank you so much. For Jim, for bringing his beautiful talent. It's so lovely to hear the classical guitar in this sanctuary once again. So let's give Jim a round of applause. 
our choir. They're so brave. You did so well. Yay! Round of applause. And Catherine Ann. Catherine Ann, all the blessings in this world as you continue towards ordination. We're excited. We want to be there. So when you know the date, the time, the location, let us know. As you leave this place today, please remember to be alert, to stand firm in the faith, to be valiant and strong, but let all that you do be done out of love. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen and hallelujah. <laughs>